Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What is going on, Thunder fans? It is your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats coming to you with the recap once again in which the Oklahoma City Thunder walk away victorious for their third count third consecutive victory against the Phoenix Suns, 126-108. This game was exciting for a lot of different reasons, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, before we do that, you know what we got to do? We got to hook up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. Alright, so before the game even started, this game had some implications to it. One being, this was the return of former Thunder assistant coach Monty Williams uh, in his uh, debut as the Suns head coach back in Oklahoma City. Uh, It was also the return of former assistant coach Mark Bryant and Darko... Yeah, I don't remember Darko's last name, but it was his return as well. Um... Also, of note, no DeAndre Eaton tonight. He injured himself a couple days ago. He's going to be out for a little bit. But Booker, who had missed, I think, the previous three games before that, was healthy. And also, Kelly Oubre was healthy. And Oubre's been having a really good year, so I said that's helpful for the Suns. Um, Opening the game, Devin Booker started guarding Shea. And I put a little uh, confused face because I love Devin Booker. Anyway, he's, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA dude is not a lot down defender so i was like you know let's let's see how this plays out um adams opens the game on a layup and apparently according to the oklahoma city thunder broadcast he has scored on our first buckets in 16 of our uh 28 games so interesting there Uh, we know you know adams always we always go to adams to kind of start off the game and you know in the past we've kind of strayed away from him waiting the game so it makes sense, but, you know, when you put a number to it, it, it is interesting. Uh, the Suns actually started out this game on a 5-0 run, but the Thunder were able to respond on their own 8-0 run. Um, following that 8-0 run, in, in addition to that 8-0 run, Shea opened up the game with 8 points, uh, an AM1 reverse layup, a driving floater from the elbow, and a wing 3. Uh, little did we know this would be a sign of things to come. 
Uh, Gallo had a quick seven points, including a driving dunk over Okobo. That was a sign of things to come as well in more ways than one. And then my stream went out. My stream went out again. And my stream went out again. My stream kept going out. I was having Wi-Fi issues. I didn't get to see the end of the first quarter, and I missed most of the second quarter. But my stream finally started working again with 10-14 left in the quarter, and we were up 30-27. to And apparently somebody busted Devin Booker in the nose. I'm still unclear on what happened in this play, but it was ruled a common foul. There was no flagrant called, and Booker was able to play the rest of the game. So it obviously wasn't that serious, but as soon as the stream popped back up, Devin Booker was just sitting there with a bloody nose. And I was like, um, all right, that's interesting. Um, but the very next play, he drove in for an easy layup, so I said he's fine. Uh, Baisley missed a wide-open three from the wing, but he gets back. He plays good defense on Mikhail on the other end, and then he runs the floor and drains a corner three. Uh, you love to see that kind of thing out of your rookie. I mean, we've seen all year. Baisley has short-term memory. Um, he's not going to let something that happened a play or two plays ago affect what he does the next couple of plays. And that's something that you kind of usually have to instill in young players, rookies especially, but to see Baisley already have that, that kind of mindset, um, it, it, it's just great. So, uh, Chris Fisher claims that he knows the secret to getting a charge call in the NBA. It's just hit the deck after the second dose of contact. Um, he said this as Dennis Schroeder took a charge against Devin Booker. Uh, Booker was posting him up. He, you know, he bumped him with a shoulder, and the second bump, Schroeder just. Uh, to put it plain, he flopped like a fish. Um, a Shea screen sets up Dennis and one to go up six. And I just I just made a note because I don't feel like we talk about this enough because Russell Westbrook, we love Russell Westbrook. He was a great player. He was phenomenal. Uh, he gave a lot to the city. He gave a lot to the team. And, you know, we're, we forever owe him for that. But as good as the guy was, he would not set screens for other people. And Shea set up the screen for Devin, or I mean for Dennis Schroeder to get an AM one to go up six. And at this point, Shea was leading the team in scoring. And I just made the note that you gotta love how a guy can be leading the team in scoring for the night and still go set up plays for his guys by setting screens and doing the dirty work and the thing that you know superstar players don't really want to do. Um, and for Shea to be that young, be willing to do that, that's awesome, man. Love it, love it. Um, also love that Shea hit a step back on Cam Johnson, and Cam Johnson, as he was driving in, said, heck no. He didn't say heck, you know, he said the other word, but he said heck no. Shea drained it, and you can hear Shea say, oh? <laughs> it, it was just a really funny takeaway, and I'll put in the note, take that, Tierney, because, you know, Matt Tierney, at Prime Nerlens, member of the unit, was very vocal in Oklahoma City should draft Cam Johnson while I was saying we should draft Tower Hero. Uh, we won't discuss how badly I beat Tyranny on that prediction there. Uh, a Chris Paul swing through on JG Stan's favorite player, Javon Carter. Shout out Macy there. Um, Chris Paul actually hit another swing through, I think, on Mikel Bridges later in the game. Um, I mean, and his <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. I just thought about this. Chris Paul's swing through move is claiming more victims than Russell Westbrook's Rock the Baby did last year. So, uh, we should we should get a graphic going of Chris Paul doing a swing through and all the players around there. Um, I put a note: nice ball movement gets an easy layup from Irwin's and the Suns have to call timeout. They're down nine with 2:39 left in the half. Uh, Dennis shook Ubre twice in one play. He did a pullback crossover to size him up, and then he drove right past him off another crossover, and he put up a floater over the double team. 
Uh, Schroeder's in his bag, man. He's been in his bag for like the past few games. He's been one of, if not the best bench scorer in the league this season. Um, and, th- and that was no different tonight. I'm uh, not going to lie. Hearing the announcer say Diallo makes me really sad. Um, that they're referring to Chick. I, I think it's Chick. I think that's how they say it. Chick Diallo for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and, of course, I'm referring to Hamdu Diallo, who is out with a hyperextended elbow. Uh, yeah, we miss you, Hami. Uh, OKC's done a great job at guarding Booker this game. Uh, at the half, he had eight points. Uh, he had three personal fouls, two of which were offensive, both of which were drawn by Dennis Schroeder, and he had two turnovers. And I said, you know, that's nothing to scoff at for a guy that dropped 70 points in a game. And at the half there, OKC led 57-50. to Shea had 15. Gallo and Dennis each had 11. Oubre led the Suns with 11. Rubio was right behind him by t- with 10. And Book, as I said, had 8. So going into the third quarter, obviously in the past, the third quarter has been a real weakness for the Thunder. Uh, not so much in these past couple games where the Thunder came back from 26 and 24 points down. And one of those big catalysts was in the third quarter. Um, but opening the third quarter, Saric, Dario Saric and Danilo Gallinari, Trey Buckus to open the quarter. And I just put a note, Ricky Rubio loves to play against the Thunder. And it's evidence tonight, dude shot 9 of 11, 2 of 3 from deep, had 24 points, 8 assists. Uh, I don't know if that was the season high, but dude was going off. He was, he was literally like the only scoring they had because we was able to keep Devin Booker at bay. Um, and, you know, it just kind of... I don't know. It has callbacks to that Utah Jazz series when Ricky Rubio was so instrumental against the Thunder. So I've just come to the conclusion Ricky Rubio really likes to play the Thunder for some reason. I don't know. Uh, Shea had a be- beautiful driving kick to Ferg for a three, and Ferg actually drained it. That was his first and, I believe, possibly his only points of the night. Yep, that was his only points of the night. Um, Book already scored five points towards the beginning of this quarter. And I just said oof because I made a tweet about it and I made a note about it, about OKC holding him to eight points and how he's doing such a good job defending him. And then Ferg picked up four fouls early in the third quarter, and I put oof because a big part of Devin Booker struggling like he was is Ferg's superb defense on him. Shea had a nice find to Adams right under the rim for an easy dunk following a great defensive effort on Baines on the other end of the court. Uh, Baines actually missed the alley-oop. He was able to crowd it. His hands were up. He was trying to just put it right back up, and Adams was right there to deny a shot. Uh, so after Ferguson picked up his four foul, Nader actually came in. I was guarding Book, and I said, this isn't going to go well. Honestly, he didn't do too bad. I mean, Booker ended up with 18 points on the game. He had 16 at the end of the third. So I... I mean, for all intents and purposes, Nader did fine. He had 13 points whenever Nader came in on him. So, yeah, Nader did, Nader did solid. <laughs> um, there was a weird sequence where Gallo drove past Baines for a nasty dunk, just like he did in the first half against Okobo. Uh Baines bumped into him trying to collect the basketball, and Gallo didn't like that. Um, on the other end, Saric drained a three, and Gallo continued to plead his case to the referee, and the referee had enough, and he teed Gallo up. Uh, Booker drained the free throw, and the Suns were as close to one point at this point. Uh, Gallo hit Baines on a step-back three, and, man, it was nasty. It was a pump fake, one dribble, step-back three to the left, and he had Baines just cooked. Then the next possession down, he gets the ball, shoots a three, 
and Baines just straight up tackles him on the closeout, and the ball goes in through the net. Just amazing. Uh, Chris Paul scores six points straight. You know, you kind of forget about Chris Paul on nights like tonight when guys are showing out like they are. But Chris Paul was a huge reason why he was able to beat the Bucks and the Grizzlies the past couple nights. And even though he wasn't as, I guess, boisterous as he has been the past couple games, uh, his effort and his impact was definitely felt. He had 15.7 assists on 5 of 8 shooting. And that six-point stretch right there was really instrumental with, uh, you know, helping the Thunder kind of, I don't know, take control in that third quarter, uh, which is kind of ironic because I put a note after Chris Paul scored those six points, the Thunder were shooting over 90% in the third quarter with six minutes left, and it's a far cry from the normal third-quarter production. Uh, Oubre straight up tried to kill Nader on a dunk. Uh, He grabbed it, and it didn't seem like – I mean, he didn't take a dribble. He just grabbed it and went straight up and tried to just demolish Abdul Nader under the basket with one hand. It didn't work. He got fouled. He did drain both free throws. But then on the other end, back-to-back possessions, Chris Paul finds Narrows Noel for alley-oop. And it's awesome, man. It's just poetry in motion. Uh, Dennis makes a three to push the lead to eight points, and Phoenix has to call a timeout. No one's almost got another alley-oop from Dennis this time, but he got fouled by Kaminsky. A shade drive in just cooked Sarich for a tough bucket and probably got fouled too. Uh, he drove in, uh, I think it was Sarich and maybe a Kobo down by the basket. Um, I mean, they had their hands all over him and he was able to flip up the shot and still go in. Um, you know, and we've talked extensively about Shea getting and not getting calls. Uh, he was definitely getting calls earlier in the game, but as the game kind of wore on, they wasn't giving him as many. And that just comes with progression and growth in the NBA. So, you know, maybe in a couple years that will definitely be a foul. Uh, Shea did drain a snatchback three on Ty Jerome, and it just had me cheesing. Because, like, you know, obviously Shea's been struggling, like, this past probably month, month and a half stretch compared to, like, you know, the beginning of the year. And just to see, you know, him go out and succeed like he is just makes me happy. Uh, speaking of Ty Jerome, he drains a running three-pointer as the buzzer goes off. And at the end of the third, OKC leads 101-94. to They were up 10 until Jerome hit that ridiculous three. Shea and Gallo each had 22 points at this point. Dennis had 18. Rubio was leading with 22-7, and while Booker scored 8 in the quarter for 16, as I mentioned earlier. So going into the fourth, this is basically going to be all Shea because, well, you're going to find out in this note because I said Shea gets a silly, like absolutely just silly left-hand scoop to fall, and he had 24 points. I said he could threaten his career high of 29. Thunder lead by 17. Shea has 26 now. Don't remember how. <laughs> I didn't make that note. I just put Shea has 26 now and has eyeballs emojis. Uh, he had 28 points off a drive off of a pump fake. And then Shea breaks his career high for 30 points on the most ridiculous Euro step. He takes a screen from Adams to get free from Booker. Um, he just kind of drives past, I think it was uh, Baines, and then he hit Frank Kaminsky with a nasty Euro step. And I actually called it the Canadian step. I put it on my Twitter, said the Euro step's a little different in Canada, eh? Come on, that's funny. All right, anyways, so Shea sits. He clearly wanted that 30 because he was drained. Um, after he scored, the Suns went and turned it over, and I think there was a timeout there. But Shea was, had hands on his knees. He was huffing and puffing. He was clearly drained like he wanted that 30. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like 
he wasn't hurting the team. He wasn't really forcing anything. And, I mean, hey, the shots were going in. So, by all means, man, get your 30s, take a break. I thought he was going to be done. But after a Nerlens block on a Kobo, sets up an 8 or 3, Shea comes back out. He put Ty Jerome in a spin cycle for a finger roll scoop for 32 points. And I just said, this man is so freaking good. After that, Shea did check out. Deontay Burton came in. Uh, he checked in for possession after a Dennis Schroeder and one jumper. And I just made the note, he has seemingly completed his punishment from his locker room incident uh, two to three weeks ago. And wouldn't you know it, LOL, as I said, LOL, Burton enters the game. He has his jersey untucked. OKC gets a delay a game. You love to see it. Obviously, that's a far, or that's a uh, callback to Chris Paul um, saying that, uh, who was it, Jordan Bell had his jersey untucked in the Minnesota Timberwolves game. And ever since then, you've seen all kinds of delay game penalties because players come in with their jersey untucked. Thank you, Chris Paul. That's hilarious. And, of course, as soon as Deontay Burton gets the ball, he goes in for a layup. And, of course, as soon as Deontay Burton goes for a layup, it goes in. Basley ends the game on the most nonchalant, ridiculous dunk I've ever seen. He gets the ball in the corner with, like, four seconds left. He pump fakes like he does every time he doesn't shoot the ball. <laughs> he pump fakes, drives in with his left, does a little spin move. Um, after the spin move to get off his defender, he just takes a step. Um, from his dribble and just comes in and dunks it with his right hand. Like, it looked really awkward, but he made it look so easy, and it was easily the most ridiculous dunk of the night. Uh, Okobo scores on the other end. Now, the Thunder would have won by 20, but they have to settle for with an 18-point victory. OKC, 126-128. to 128. And, you know, like I said earlier, we played Chicago earlier this week. We came back 26 points down. We played Memphis earlier this week. We came back 24 points down. It was nice not to have to come back from, you know, 20 points, 15 points, 10 points at all. Like, it, it was just cool to have control over the whole game, and that's what the Thunder did. Uh, they went out there. They went. They took care of business, um, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. I think if you can hold Devin Booker to 18 points – you absolutely count that as a win. And so, yeah, I mean, the Thunder win, they win, they win. That's that's all I got to say on that. Um, let's go ahead and get into the players' box scores here so we can uh, dive in a little bit more. Obviously, uh, Danilo Gallinari, as I mentioned, he had some nasty plays in this game. He had 22 points, 6 rebounds, shot 8 of 14, 4 of 8 from deep. That's good for 60% and hmm, math. <laughs> Four of six. Hold on. Let's let's walk through this math together. Four divided by six is 66.6 repeating. So you times that by 100, and that is 66% from deep. You'll take that. 60% from the field, 60% from deep. You got to love that from Gallinari. Um, wow, my phone is just like froze up. Come on. What are we doing, phone? There we go. Okay, yeah, he shot two or three from a free throw line. Uh, yeah, he missed a free throw. He is human. Um, sorry for the imperfect free throw percentage. If you can shoot 66% from deep, we'll forgive you for that. Uh, Chris Paul had 15.7 assists, as I mentioned. He did have three turnovers, but, you know, <coughs> got to love that assist-to-turnover ratio. 
And I, th I thought it was really special because obviously Shea had a great game tonight. Shea had 32 points. It was career, his career high. He was in control. He was getting anything he wanted. And Chris Paul, he dropped 30 the other night. Um, he scored 19 points in the fourth quarter the night before. Not the night before, the game before. Like, Chris Paul was in full takeover mode the past couple of games. But the past couple of games, Shea was kind of struggling. Um Credit to Chris Paul and his leadership and just recognizing that Shea had the hot hand. Like, Shea had it going, and Chris Paul had no reason to force anything. Chris Paul had no reason to take over because Shea already had it. So, credit to Chris Paul there on his leadership. Uh, Steven Adams had 10 points on 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, I didn't make a note of it. He had 2 blocks as well. I didn't make a note of this. Steven Adams won the tip-off yet again. I feel like this dude's undefeated on tip-offs. Like, I know he lost one. I can't remember who it was to, but um, whenever he was facing up against Aaron Baines before they tipped the game off, I just thought it was like a battle of the manliest man in the NBA. And turns out Steven Adams, like, severely outplayed Aaron Baines in this game. Uh, he made it really difficult on him. He only scored seven points, only had five rebounds. Uh, Steven outscored him, outrebound him, and just made life tough down there. And, you know, as I mentioned, Steven had two blocks. Over the years, Steven hasn't really been a shot-blocking player, but this year, and specifically in this probably like month, month and a half stretch ever since Steven started playing better, uh, he's been blocking shots at a pretty high clip. I think he's averaging about one and a half blocks the past few games. So, hey, Steven. Keep up that defensive presence. That definitely helps us out. Shot an efficient five of six from the field. And, yeah, keep it up, Kiwi. Also in the starting lineup, Terrence Ferguson, as we mentioned, he only had three points, but he was a plus 10 and a plus minus, and a lot of that is because of how he was able to defend Devin Booker. Uh, he made it really difficult. He chased him around screens. Um, you know, He just hounded him one-on-one. Terrence Ferguson's a great defender. We know this. Um, he only shot two shots. They were both three-pointers. He made one. He missed one. He shot 50% from the field and from the three-point line. That's fine. But, Ferg, like, come on. Get, get a couple more up there, man. Um, he finished the game with five fouls. As I mentioned, he had four going into the third quarter. And we've talked about this. You know, Ferg is a great defender, but he he still fouls, like, way too much. Like, just, just cut your fouls down. And, uh, you know, you might get more shots up, and your percentages get up, and you have a bigger impact on the game. So let's work on that there. If you go to the bench, because obviously we're skipping a certain somebody, Dennis Schroeder led the bench, surprise, surprise, with 24 points, 9 rebounds. Yes, he tied Steven Adams with 9 rebounds. Um, 6 assists. He was right behind Chris Paul for 2nd in assists. And he was a plus 19. Game high, plus 19, the plus minus differential. He had... 9 of 19 shooting, 1 of 4 from deep, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. And like I said, man, Dennis has just been balling. He's been, if not, the best player off the bench this year. I know Lou and Montrez Harrell started off really hot, and I know they're still putting on. Um, but as far as consistency, like, these past, like, 20 games, Dennis Schroeder has just been ridiculous. And, you know, we've talked about, like, I don't know if we could get a first-rounder from Dennis Schroeder. Definitely towards the beginning of the year. But now, like, you kind of got to give me a first-rounder if I'm giving you Dennis Schroeder because this guy's been playing just ridiculous. Also playing ridiculous and also a trade candidate, Nerl's Noel. 
10 points, five rebounds, one assist, two steals, and one block, just kind of stuffing the staff sheet here and there. He had four or six shooting, hit both of his free throw attempts. I mean, Nerlens has just been playing really good, and I think he's a guy that can really help a contending team. And, you know, he's doing his job. He's going out there, he's doing his job. He's not worrying about, you know, starting over Steven Adams or anything like that. He's just a guy that walks in, punches his time card, and punches his time card out, walks out. He does his job, doesn't ask questions, and he does it well. So, hey, way to go, Nerlens. Uh, Basley shot two of eight. Not great. One of four. Not great. He had five points. Not great. But... He led the team in blocks. He had three blocks. This guy's got great inf- uh, instincts on the defensive end. Um, he shows great quickness and great positioning to be able to block some of those shots. And, again, I've said this a million times, but as a rookie, that's really important and really impressive. He also had two assists, uh, just showcasing his vision vision there a little bit. So, hey, basically, keep it up. Uh, Nader came in, and he played 27 minutes. He only made one shot. It was one of five, one of three from deep. That three that I mentioned off of uh, Nerwin's block. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything else about Nader. I can't say anything good or bad because I'll get roasted either way. But uh, well, let, let's go to the Phoenix real quick. So Ubre had 13 points, three of 10 shooting. We really bothered him. Booker had 18 points, six of 11 shooting, 0 of two from deep. We really bothered him. I mentioned Baines had seven points. Uh, Sarge actually played pretty good. He had 16 points, 6 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 from deep. But the guy that the Thunder just couldn't handle was Ricky Rubio. 24 points, 9 of 11 shooting, 2 of 3 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. It just seemed like he was getting everything that he wanted. Oh, and get this, he had 8 assists, 0 turnovers. The Thunder didn't have an answer for him. And uh, it's kind of disappointing because... We've definitely had experience playing Ricky Rubio, so if there was a guy on this team that we should have had an answer for, it was Ricky Rubio. So, hey, props to Ricky Rubio. But with that being said, after I've covered all of our team and the high points of the Phoenix Suns, we do have an award to announce. And that award being announced is sponsored today by Anchor Podcasts. Come on, man. Stop playing. You know who it is. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Dude set a career high 32 points. And what's even more impressive about his career high 32 points is, like I said, he didn't force anything. He didn't hurt the team. He shot very efficiently. 13 of 18 from the field. Hit both of his three-point attempts. Hit most of his free throw attempts. Four or five from the free throw line. And he was doing it a variety of ways. He was finishing with his left. He was finishing with his right. He was finishing off the glass. He was finishing with no glass. He was finishing off runners from the elbow. He was finishing off jumpers in the mid-range. The guy was just really flexing his scoring chops tonight. And not only his scoring, he had three assists, but all of them were really great plays. He had one where he kind of got caught in what was a a triple team disguised as a double team. And he was able to double underhand scoop to Steven Adams for an easy layup. Uh, another one was that fine for Ferg in the corner for his only points, really. Uh, he just drove in, and he had been scoring so efficiently that they attacked him going to the basket, and he was able to underhand flip it to Ferg for that easy three. And then Adams, who ran the floor, got positioning on the glass, and um, Shea was just able to 
you know, give him a really nice pass right under the basket for an easy score for Adams. So Shea was really just flexing his shops tonight. Um, and like I said, this was just really impressive to see after he's been struggling so much recently. I want to see more of this, though. I I don't think 32 points is going to be his career high for a long time. I think sky's the limit for this kid. And I, I think, you know, he definitely has more than three assists in his arsenal. Um, I, I think he can really grow defensively. He had one steal tonight, but, you know, I think he can really grow defensively. But I'm just really excited for the future of this guy. Um, and, you know, coincidence or not, you tell me. Uh, I did get my City Edition Shea Gilgis Alexander jersey. I, I don't get jerseys. One, they're too expensive, too. I'll never wear them. But jersey today. And, uh, you know, you can call that coincidence or not. I'll leave that up to you. But I will in this segment sponsored by anchor by saying congrats Shea Gilgis Alexander you are tonight's player of the game what does that mean do I get do I get anything do I win do I get a bonus (laughs) that'll be sick no it's just I don't know seems dumb it does and that's gonna just about wrap us up um, with that win, that puts the Thunder at 14 and 14, at right at 500. Um, we are still the seventh seed in the Western Conference. I think we're like three and a half games, four b- games behind the Utah Jazz for the sixth seed. Um, and we've just been playing really good basketball. Now it's going to be really interesting to see if we can continue the way we've been playing, both offensively and defensively, going into Sunday's matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I'm kind of salty about this because me and my buddies planned a road trip to go to this game, and I wasn't able to go to this game because it's the week of Christmas and my work wouldn't let me off, but I'm no longer working there, so I technically could have gone. But, you know, the the ticket prices rose because we waited, so I'm kind of salty about this. I really wanted to go to this game, but it's all good. Um, I, I do want to see how you know, the Thunder crowd response to Paul George's return. Uh, I do want to see if Shea can play better <laughs> in his matchup against his former team. He kind of struggled a little bit in our last matchup with the Clippers, so um, I definitely want to see how he does here. And, yeah, man, it, it's just going to be a really good game. If we can win this game, push us that much closer to the sixth seed, uh, I think there's some ammo for the non-tankers. If we can beat the Clippers at full strength, that's assuming Paul George and Kawhi both play. Um, no load management. Uh, Trez is out there. Lou's out there. Pat Bev's out there. You know, assuming all those players are playing and we can beat them and put together a complete game, it's not just a fluke. I think the the people that are screaming we shouldn't tank and, you know, try to make the playoffs this year have a little bit of ammo. Um, but, hey. We'll, we'll see how it goes on Sunday. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I want you guys to find us anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, Play, whatever it may be. Find us, rate us, subscribe to us, leave us a five-star rating, a positive review. That would make me really happy. It make me almost as happy as when Shay hit that Canada step. Um, go ahead and find us on Twitter at OKC Top of Thunder. Really close to 2,000 followers. Just follow us, man. We're a good follow. I promise. Or woman. Yeah, just follow us. Um, follow me at Twitter at 
Thunder Chats. Almost said at OKC Top of Thunder. Uh, I guess you could find me there too. But at Thunder Chats, um, I think I'm a pretty fun follow. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Thunder are playing the Clippers again on Sunday. <laughs> that is Paul George's illustrious return to Oklahoma City. Uh, let's see how Shea can bounce back from his career high going against his former team. And let's see how the Thunder fans respond to Paul George returning to Oklahoma City. Um, but until then, I hope you guys have a great night. God bless. And don't forget, Thunder up! Hands up! Hands up! Hands up! It's another one. And another one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.